Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk Podcast. My name is Chloe, and I'm here with Pastor Adam. Hello, hello. And we are currently in a series about theology, and this series has been going on for about eight episodes. This is the eighth one? This will be the eighth, yep. And final. Eighth and final, yes. And this is also episode 54 overall out of all of our podcast episodes. Um, But today we are doing our final episode on this series that we've been doing on theology. And honestly, I've really enjoyed this series. I thought it's been just really cool so many things to learn i love this stuff but i'm also you know a a church nerd a bible nerd you know what i mean and i right but i dig it and i worry about people not you know what i mean like that we're not that this is not beneficial and that and Mm -hmm. i have to backtrack on that but because i know it's beneficial yes but is it something that's going to pique people's interest enough to then get the benefit from right and so i worry about that with with something this in depth but i mean you know the point of our podcast is to it is for us all to be on a common ground that if we're if we're on a walk with Jesus it is a messy one yeah. right and and we have struggles and issues and then that means that we don't know everything right we don't understand everything right. and it's okay for us to admit that we have doubts we have concerns we have questions we have ways in which our theology is wrong right. and or ways in which we don't even care about it we just don't even think about it very often right. so us talking through these, you know, foundational doctrines of our faith, yep. they definitely are going to apply to helping that walk there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this is not just let's talk Christian, right. right? This is, I think that what we're doing is giving you something tangible that you can step into and greater, you know, learn your learn what's, what you believe, right? right. Yeah. And so don't just regurgitate what I believe. Don't just regurgitate what your pastor believes or what you grew up with. But instead, you are diving into your own biblical theology yeah, right and absolutely. then and then we just explored how the the best way to do that i believe is a as a systematic way and yeah. so all we're doing is looking at biblical systematic theology yeah. and 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 i and i really wanted to with this series and i'll say this again because since this is the last one i really wanted to kind of demystify this whole process of theology that yeah. it's not just for people who are learned right and it's right. not just for higher ed um, and it's not just for pastors or Bible nerds or whatever no. that that theology is indeed actually something that everybody practices, whether right. they're a believer or not, because um, it's just that thought, that discourse about who God is. Yeah. But it's also something that has been somewhat abandoned mm. in um, in church, so, yeah. somewhat lost in most mainline. Um, Protestant denominations and and in our preaching and teaching, right? Yeah. Um, so we are teach we do teach the concepts, but we rarely actually utilize the terminology, yeah. and so people know what it is and what it really means. Right. And so, yeah. and some of some of what this does is just is just takes away some Christianese that we speak or hear, yeah. Um, so that we can actually understand it. You know right. what I mean? So that's kind of the idea. Yeah, it's um, been cool too. I think we've 
been able to break it down. Well, not we, you have been able to break it down in such a simple way that like it's easy for everybody to understand. Like, yeah, it's big words and big terms and some of them can seem kind of intimidating. But the way that you've broken them down has been really easy for me to understand because like I know like little bits and pieces right. of what we've talked about. But overall, like I still have so much to learn. Um, but I think we've broken it down in such a simple way that it's been easy for me to digest it and not feel so overwhelmed. Like yes. you pick up a theology book and yes. you're like, oh my gosh, there's all these words and what do they all mean? It's just been more like little bits and pieces. So like, here's some stuff to help you get started on thinking on this track. Right, and now right. it's your job to kind of yeah, you keep doing, right. you know, keep learning and stuff and like that. And you're not going to figure it all out. And there's yeah. going to be some things that you're not going to get. And there's going to be some things that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a certain theology that's going to change a little bit as yeah. you study it more you know yeah. and, and 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 here's the good news for everybody um talking about keeping it simple if i can understand this you can too right like yes. if 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 this is something where i can uh i can understand the terminology where these things are coming from yeah. why these words are used for this you can too and we didn't get into any none of what we've talked about hardly at all just a few pieces we did Hardly at all have we went back to, and here are the theologians that gave us these thoughts. Right, you can do that on your own, right? Yeah. You can you can know that, you know that Karl Barth or whomever is the father of this piece of theology, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you want to do with that. And so yeah. we didn't even go that route. So yeah. anyway, I, if 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 I can get it, you can get it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we're gonna keep it simple. Uh, because I don't know what you can do with something that's complicated other than to break it down. Right. Right. I mean. Just just because something's complicated doesn't mean that it can't be broken down into smaller pieces to be able to digest it. And that's right. what systematic theology is. All it is is just a breaking down these humongous – I mean, what is more complex than who God is? Right. Right? What could be? I mean, there's nothing. Yeah. And breaking it down into these little pieces to be able to understand it. And that's all – what you just said is all systematic theology is. Yeah. It's just pick a piece, break it down into simple terms, and understand those pieces, and kind of – demystify this fact that it's some sort of higher attained knowledge that you can't get to right. you know not true yeah right yeah not true it's good stuff so. so today we are ending this series yeah, last one and can i say what it's about so yes, we are talking about the study of the end times today which is called eschatology eschatology and honestly we were meeting about this earlier and i know so little <laughs> about this i know nothing you had lots of bits and pieces right but you i had know a that, lot of questions yeah. <laughs> but anyway yeah and i'm excited too, for this to be yes. honest with you. i think there's right. always going to be questions yeah i mean on all of these but right. in particular man this good grief i mean it's just such a and there's something about to, what this is is all futuristic it's all future yeah so because it's future it also gives us even more complicated thoughts on wondering what it's going to be like and what it's going to look yeah. like and where's my spot in it, right. right? When we look at things that are more historical, we don't do as much of where's my spot in that, you know? Right. Like when we look back at um, uh, when we look back at Christ and we see his work on the earth, so, so, his, so his, his, you know, incarnate, Right. We see him doing that. We don't go. Where were I? Where was I at in that story? Yeah. What's happening there? You know, what's going to go down with me there? <laughs> right. Right. But in the futuristic part of it, we definitely do. Yeah. So it compounds the. First of all, it's very difficult to understand. How are we going to understand how God's going to handle the last days? It's going to be hard yeah. for us to get. Yeah. But at the same time, we're also we're also personalizing it and putting ourselves in it, which is correct. We should. Yeah. But then that gives you all kinds of ways that you speculate and you think and you dream and you fear. You know, whatever it may yeah. be. So there's a lot to this. So um, this is our last one, and it makes sense that we would do this one last, right? right. So um, 
the we'll, we'll break down the word. So eschatology, that's for those of you that, that maybe are um, – sometimes I need to, when I hear a word and it sounds weird, I need to know what the letters are, right? And yeah. so eschatology is E-S-C-H-A-tology, right? So eschat, that word eschatos is a Greek word, of course, that means last things. Hmm. And so eschatology is the study of we will you will hear it say in times, but really what it means is not as much the times as in the last things hmm. um, that are going to happen with regard to us. Yeah. Right. And and God's redemption of the world. Right. right. So the study of the last things. Um, so so let's let's figure out how we get into this. So what we've done on all of these episodes, if you missed them, let's go over them real quick. Let's see if we can do it again. Okay. We started off with just an introduction to theology. Yes. Then we did bibliology because mm-hmm. we're going to do a biblical theology. So you got to understand what the Bible's telling you. Right. And then it was theology proper, which mm-hmm. is talking about the Father, the nature yep. of God. Um, Christology, obviously, Christ. Um, pneumatology, another weird mm-hmm. word, um, the Holy Spirit. What was after pneumatology? Ecclesiology? Yes, I think yeah, so. Ecclesiology, yeah. the study of the church. And then angelology. Yes, angelology. Yes. I angelology. forgot that one. Which is where we pick up on you know angels, demons, mm-hmm. Satan, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we hit this last stuff, eschatology. And what I've tried to do with each one of these is go, all right, how do we start? What makes us start thinking about these things? Right. What What gets us? How do I get you from listening to this to actually see yourself as going? Let me ponder this. Mm-hmm. What causes us to ponder this? So. There is um, there's an old saying. Let's see who knows it on the podcast, right? right? Um, if you're older, you're likely to know exactly what I'm about to say. I knew what it was. If you, did you knew it? Yeah, yeah. I'm I proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Because um, Chloe's a little on the younger side um, versus us <laughs> versus me. Um, but there's some there's some young folks that listen. I talked to a 15 year old the other day who listens has listened to every episode. Aww. Not in our church or anything like that. That's so uh, cool. Really cool. And and Yay. they are um, they're very on the fence with their faith. Cool. But they've listened to 53 episodes of the Messy Walk podcast. That's awesome. So that's, I think, is pretty cool. Hey, whoever you uh, are. It's pretty cool. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't want to reveal them because I think right. I may embarrass them. But right, you know, right, right. Um, they probably won't know this phrase. But there are uh, – what is what is certain in life? So if you just ask this question, like, what is certain absolutely going to happen in life, right? Um, there There's this old – adage that says there's two things certain in life. Mm-hmm. What are they, Chloe? Death and taxes. Death and taxes, <laughs> right? And you say that to a kid, like, and they don't get it because they don't pay no taxes, right? right? Um, when, when they get older, they'll be like, they go on the stand, right. right? And it sounds like a, it's a cool, funny thing to say, too, around tax time. So, like, yeah. we're about, we're, that's when this episode's coming out, right? Right, right. in the middle of tax filings. and mm-hmm. um, it, So, it just makes sense, right? But you can kind of move on from the tax thing. That's obviously sort of a joke, sort of a ruse. But the death thing, you can't really get away from that. And yeah. I mean, the cold hard truth is that there's a hundred percent death rate for human beings. We're all going to die, right? Right. And that's the thought, and and that makes you think, yeah, right? Anything having to do with us being our finality and our death makes mm-hmm. us think of all kinds of things, and so. To, to, as we get into eschatology, one of the things that drives that thought is understanding death. And so the Bible teaches about a physical death that comes to everyone, right? And that, that after that physical death, there's a judgment from God of sin, right? right? 
and that's basically eschatology in a nutshell, right? That would be like your one sentence edition of it. Yeah. Um, but it also Bible also doesn't just teach about physical death; it teaches about us being spiritually dead. And the word says that we're all spiritually dead; that we're born born into that spiritual death mm. um, because of sin entering the world um, through Adam and Eve. That this this spiritual death that we're born into is a part of God's judgment on us, His rightful judgment. You right. know, so if it's not reversed, spiritual death leads to eternal death, mm. right? And so that eternal death is this permanent separation from God, which eventually ends up in what Scripture calls the lake of fire. Um, real big topic. I, I just preached on, I don't know when this episode comes out. I think it comes out next week. So like two, two weeks, weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> two weeks ago in podcast time, one week ago in real time mm-hmm. right now, whatever it is, uh, we always struggle with that. <laughs> I'm do. horrible with that. The timeline like, is so like, I don't know what they, and anyway, um, <laughs> I just preached a whole message on just a broad view of hell and it's, it's tough. It's tough yeah. to talk about, but obviously the hope of Christianity and the reason that we are a people who have hope. I mean, you've heard that before. I mean, the, the Christian, we're a people of hope, right? Yeah. We're supposed to have hope. Um, what's our hope in? As Christians, what's our hope in? How would you answer that question, Claire? Like, or how do you think people would answer that question? If we just stopped for just a minute and goes and said, why do Christians have hope? Why? The Sunday school answer, Jesus. Jesus, right? Yeah. Which would be cool and great and all. Right. But why is there hope in Jesus? Like, why is that the case? Um, and and I, you know, I think we bring up things like, you know, he loves us, he forgives us from sins, and, you know, all those kind of things, right? Grace and mercy. Um, there's nothing we can't work, you know, walk through without him. But why is that the case then? Why is that? Why is there, there nothing that we can't go through with Jesus? That we, mm. you know, that we, why are we overcomers? Right. Right. Why is that the case? And it, it's that through Christ, we're delivered from this spiritual death into life mm. and that we don't face eternal death. So in Christ's return, in his culmination of making everything new, restoration of all things, right? That is where our hope lies. And so when we say our hope is in Jesus, I might get in trouble for this. If we say our hope is in Jesus, we're not talking as much about um, Jesus in the Gospels as much as we're talking about Jesus returning. Hmm. Does that make sense? So yeah. our, our hope is not fa- our hope is found completed in the fact that Jesus is going to return and yeah. complete all things. That's where our hope is at. And the hope is there because because of him we don't have eternal death. Right. Right? Um, that spiritual death has been turned into life. Right. And we're going to be with him forever. And so our hope is found in his return. And so we are people that have hope. All these things are, are what eschatology is talking about. We talk about end times. We're talk, that's all we're talking about. And, and it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. And of course, because it's a lot of stuff and because it's confusing and hard to understand, just like virtually every other piece of theology we've talked about, yeah. guess what we tend to do as people about this topic? Disagree. Yep. Heavily. Fighting, arguing, I mean, throw downs yeah. over what goes down in the end and what doesn't. I mean, and and we as Christians tend to um, 
alienate because of this as well, which we do with virtually every theological difference that we have. We alienate. And then you got some radical Christians who they all they do is spend their time on random weird TV shows telling you about every little end time sign, right? And yeah. that theirs is right and that all this other stuff is wrong. You know, <laughs> you see that a lot. Um, but we disagree on a lot of it. But but there's so much of it we don't know. And there's so much of it we don't fully understand, just like any aspect of theology. And so we usually approach this subject of learning by some simple things that we observe about life, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's how we start to kind of think about it. This is where I was going with the everybody dies thing, too. Right. Like, what are those small things? So, like, when you tend to think about the nature of God and how big God is, it's because you observe something that you just can't put your brain around in the natural world that there must be a God or that there's something bigger. Like when you lay on your back looking at a five million stars, you tend to then, it tends to spur thoughts of theology proper. You may not know mm-hmm. that, but that's what it's doing. Yeah. So there's some things that spur thoughts of eschatology too, of these end times. And most of the time it, it centers around death. And so like when a family or a fr- family, a, 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 a family member, a friend dies or we're facing death ourselves, or we're facing some sort of significant thing in the world that's going on, like as we speak right now, that is bringing people to an understanding of the world could end it. I mean, we could kill each other, right? You know what right. I mean? Like there could be some, there could, bombs could drop that would just eliminate people. We yeah. ponder this question of the, within what happens to people when they die. Yeah. And so, the, and, that, and that like a universal human question, you know, why am I here? Yeah. You know, is there God out there? What happens when we die is like the big old elusive thought. Yeah. And so what happens when we people die is this is this idea, this thought that gets you to thinking about eschatology. Because that's what you're doing. When you're thinking when you think about what happens to people when we die, you are in eschatology. You're in this what happens in the end, mm-hmm. right? And so what happens in the end when I die, and then also what happens at the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Specifically, then, the question of where we where we'll get into eschatology is to go, what happens in the time in between my physical death and Christ's return? What about that? Right. And so we'll start there. Okay. That's called uh, the intermediate state. And um, virtually everybody believes that there's some sort of intermediate state. And so we'll get into what the Bible teaches, but let's start off with a couple of things that I think we'll be firm in no matter where you land as a Christian probably on your belief here about the end times. The Bible does not teach. Let's talk about that. What the Bible does not teach about the intermediate state. The Bible does not teach purgatory. Right. And purgatory is this this belief that there's a place of suffering where believers are purged of all their sins until they can enter heaven. The Bible does not teach purgatory. There would be no sins as a believer that you would need to be purged from that weren't already taken care of in Jesus. Does that right. make sense? So yeah. it doesn't talk about a purgatory. Yeah. Absolutely no, nowhere at all. And then um, the Bible does not teach about this intermediate state, a state of soul sleep, um, where there's this unconscious existence until Christ resurrects us spiritually and physically, that, that you're just kind of stuck soulfully somewhere asleep, hanging out, right? Yeah. Um, there's some, I see why people can get that idea because of the, the scripture referring to death and sleep synonymously, but that's not mm-hmm. really what it's talking about at all. And there, and you know, like for example, in the scripture of where Jesus talks specifically about hell, 
um, and points to the, a lot of the end times pieces, or at least one. We just studied this last week. We just preached on this. That's why it's on my mind. Um, the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, one of the key things you see about Lazarus's state, I mean, excuse me, the rich man's state and Lazarus's state is that there's full consciousness. Yeah. Right? So the Bible does not teach this intermediate state between I die and Christ returns that it's purgatory or soul sleep. Scripture teaches that the intermediate state for the believer, that the soul is with Jesus, it's apart from our bodies, those bodies are remaining in decay um, until they are raised at Christ's return. And so you're in like a heaven-like place. This would be what we would refer to as paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Jesus, is re- Jesus references you know, to the guy on the cross with him, the other the criminal, today you'll be with me in paradise, right? right. Yeah. That, that you're in a heaven-like place, but it's still, it's still not perfection because Jesus has not perfected it all, right? right? And, and it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it's not completely there. And so the intermediate state for belie- unbelievers – would then be the soul is in hell. Yeah. Hades is the scriptural word, a place of torment. But that's not the final one either, even though it's horrible. Just like paradise is not the final one either, even though it's not, even though it's cool, it's not fully perfected. Yeah. Yeah. But that place, Hades or hell, is later thrown into in the end times, in the full end judgment and eternal state of things, thrown mm-hmm. into the lake of fire we mentioned earlier. Um, so that's what the Bible teaches about it. And so all of that stuff is then pointing to this second coming of Christ, right? So it's pointing to this moment where Christ would return. Um, and, and here's where we get into all kinds of theological debate on each part of this, because you've got so many pieces to the events that are going to happen in the end time and how they line up and where they come in, right? And so you get in all these debates on each piece of this. So here's the basics. Here's the basics that almost everyone agrees on, no matter where we're going to land on this crazy stuff I'm about to tell you in a minute. Um, most all agree that Christ's return will be him coming. And this is probably the best thing we're going to say in this podcast. Mm-hmm. This is the part where you could grab on and really think on instead of some of these really funky sounding words that we're going to get to right. in a minute. Um, <laughs> so everybody listen up. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this, is the, this is the gym right here. Yeah. The Christ's return will be him coming back personally, physically, and visibly. Hmm. And that's virtually universal in a biblical theology at all. Hmm. No matter where you land on where the tribulation happens or the rapture, we're going to get to that in a minute, or the millennial reign or any of that kind of stuff. Where you land on all those pieces, the Antichrist, you know, Satan's final rest in place, right? There's this there's this universal belief that in Christ's return, he's coming back personally. So think mm-hmm. about that, personally. That means it's him. Mm-hmm. It's not an ambassador of him. It's not an angel. It's not it's not somebody coming back in his place, right? Um, it, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not a different piece of the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? It is Jesus coming back personally. He's coming back physically. So that means it's not an apparition. It's not some sort of... You know, spiritual being, like he's physically going to come back, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? And then he's going to be visible. It's going to yeah. be, he's going to come back visibly, which means you go and see him, right? right. So, so it's not just going to be for a few people or for others or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he pops up and he pops out. And right. like so, it's, so it's him personal, it's him physical, and it's him visible. Um, and that's a, and here's the main pieces to all that, which we won't get into all these today. That's a literal return to earth, um, that he's going to fully vanquish evil, 
fully realize his kingdom reign, right? You know, the fact that he will be, he is Lord of all lords, king of all kings, right. name above all names, right? Yeah. That he will reign forever and forevermore on his throne. Right? All those things that you hear talk about Jesus, he'll, he'll fully realize that kingdom reign. He'll raise our bodies from the dead. He'll effect final judgment, and he'll usher in the eternal life and the eternal death, hmm. right? And so those are those big pieces of it. Um, of what he's actually doing and accomplishing. And so yeah. his second coming has, as you can tell, has a complex series of events and their aftermath. So it's not just the events, it's what's happening because of those and what happens in them and after them. You know? yeah. So there's a broad speculation then of all of this, broad, different ways to look at each one of these events. Um, so we're, so, so the, the, the best way I think to start this is to go into what I think is probably the most difficult piece. So if we're thinking through this whole, I die, intermediate state, Christ is actually returning. So the end is going down, right? So right. the intermediate states, we're, we're chilling in paradise for a while. I don't know how long it's going to take him. Or <laughs> we're hanging out with a rich man down there, and we ain't getting out, and it's bad, but it's going to get worse. That kind of thing, right? right? And then Jesus is going to return. And that whole act of his returning, how do we understand that? So I want to go through through where we would start with that would be the differing beliefs on what is known as the millennium. Okay. Um, the millennium is it would be also called the thousand year reign. It refers to this long period of time. A thousand years is what is said. Whether that's a literal thousand or not, I don't know. I tend to lean to it being literal. A literal thousand year period where Christ reigns supremely on earth during during that time period. Like you know, it's obviously it's a long time, right? right. Um, and so you've got. That's that belief. So there's different ways to understand the millennial. And the first one is amillennialism, right? So mm-hmm. that is the idea that this thought that the rule, his rule, his reign, it began in his resurrection. So it already, it already started, which means if it began in his resurrection, we already in it, right? It's, it's, that's the state that we're in right now. Mm-hmm. And it means him, amillennialists mean that he believed that he is reigning spiritually, Hmm. not physically during that reign. And then it ends, that millennial reign ends when he returns personally, physically, and visibly. Hmm. That's that belief. Then you've got um, post-millennialism, which is quite similar to the one we just talked about, but Christ still ends up reigning in person at some point during that reign, but it's already happening just like that. Yeah. And his return is still coming after the reign, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? That's sort of in a nutshell. Um, and, and, and then the, the third one, um, which is more predominant, and this is where, if people want to know, this is where I land when I start to interpret Scripture. Not completely, though. Right. I don't ever like fully look at these terms these categories that theologians have used to term these things. Right. And I think we've said this on a couple episodes and fully go, yep, I'm all that all the way. Right. right? Calvinism, every piece. <laughs> yes. No, that's not it for me. I just right. can't go there. But a lot of this makes sense to me. So that's that after postmillennialism, you would hear premillennialism. So that word post and pre is just talking about but the is Jesus coming before it or is he coming after it? Right. right? Is is the millennial reign happening um, after he shows up or is it coming before he shows up? So the next one would obviously be premillennialism, mm-hmm. and that means that Christ is coming before he reigns. To me, that makes sense biblically, right? And it makes sense in my head, right? That he would pop up and then reign, right? right? And so 
That means that it's company before his reign, he is returning. And then there is a tribulation period, right? Now, these other ones, I'm not saying that they don't believe or reference the tribulation period. I'm just going into it on this one. So there's a tribulation period where most thought it to be about seven years where the Antichrist, um, the mark of the beast, those things that you've heard, those things that sound extremely scary and terrifying, um, dominate the world, right? And God is pouring out some wrath during that part too, right? This this shorter period of time of just straight up craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jesus at, at, at the end – Jesus ends that tribulation period at his return. This is hard to say without um, – podcast is a – this is a hard one yes. without being able to draw or do something with right. my hand. Right. Um, so, so Jesus ends this tribulation period at his mm-hmm. return, crushes the evil, and then he resurrects mm-hmm. us physically, right, okay. and, you know, spiritually, the whole process. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a bunch of disagreement in when believers are actually resurrected, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's where that word rapture comes into play. Mm-hmm. That's the belief of when does that happen, right? So the idea here is that Jesus is coming back. There is there is some sort of rain where he does extended time period of rain, yeah. and that there's some tribulation period where this crazy stuff with Antichrist and Mark of the Beast is happening. Mm-hmm. And then there is a spot where Jesus is resurrecting believers. Um, and when does all that go down? So that's where that word rapture comes in. Rapture is talking about an event where believers are caught up and resurrected with Jesus. And you've got two common views here, and they use the same post and pre stuff as we saw with the millennial part. So you've got post-tribulational mm-hmm. and pre-tribulational. Post-tribulational obviously means that it happens, the rapture's going to happen or whatever after the tribulation or during it. Mm-hmm. And pre-tribulational means that it happens prior to the insanity of all of that. Um so posts don't believe that the rapture is really, though, a distinguishable event in this process. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to happen, but it's not like a you can pinpoint this moment and that starts or begins or ends something, right? right? It's just kind of in there. Okay. Um, and it means th- – that would mean then, though, that the church would suffer through the tribulation, right? Mm-hmm. That's the big difference here. And so post-tribulational means that – if there's a rapture at all, if it's a distinguishable piece, there is resurrection. They believe that, but yeah, it's not, maybe yeah. not distinguishable. Yeah. It's going to happen um, after, which means the church is going to walk through the tribulation just right. like everybody else. And so pre-tribulational thinks that the rapture is going to occur before the tribulation, right? Right. And so if you're looking at, for the most part, premillennialism. Mm-hmm. Let me just see if I let me see if I somehow or another for the three people that are still hanging on right now, <laughs> if I can see how I can somehow or another throw this into a timeline. Premillennialism, for the most part, believes that um, before Jesus comes back, there's a rapture, boom, gone, right? Right. Tribulation period happens. It's rough and crazy. Antichrist, beast, some wrath from God, but not fully, right? Mm-hmm. Happening, going in there, right? Then Christ comes back. Right, boom, shows up, and then he reigns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and during that reign, through all that, he's kind of locked Satan up, but then he lets Satan out. Does this final big battle? Right, you know what I'm right. talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Armageddon, that kind of thing. You know, and then at the end of that, then you would walk into the judgment into the eternal state. Right, right. So wow. that's sort of the base. You know what I mean? Baseline, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What people disagree with is 
and, and we don't know, right? We're reading scripture. We're trying to figure it out biblically. Right. Is where these things happen in what order and which one of them are significant that they start a next phase or they don't, right? right. That's that's the, that's the part where we don't really know completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what I say about all that with regard to the rapture, and, and I'm not telling you, I, I, what I just described is basically what I believe for the most part, right. but be, belief in the rapture or not, right? So either you believe in the rapture that you're going to be rolled out early or you believe you don't, either way that affects your walk. Yeah. Either way that affects your outlook, your perspective. Absolutely. If you believe that it's imminent and it's before Christ returns, that's pre-tribulational, and you believe that you're going to be rolled out, that we should stay ready, mm-hmm. right? It's true. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Right. You know what I mean? Stay ready. <laughs> that was a Puff Daddy reference for those of you that didn't know. Oh, my gosh. I didn't catch it. I was just if like, stay yes. ready, you ain't got to get ready. Rockefeller Records. Anyway, <laughs> nobody's going to get that. Um, so, so if that's the way you view it, and so as of right now, that's how I view it, right? It could change the more I study these things. Um, that means I don't feel like I need to stay ready. Yeah. It's imminent. It could happen at any moment. Yeah. Um, but if it's after the tribulation period, then what that means is you should prepare yourself for a rough time at some point, that the church should prepare itself for a great period of suffering through all that. Um, so either way, though, it's affecting your perspective and your outcome and how you're called to live in this mm-hmm. world for Jesus, right? Yeah. You know, you're either one or the other. Right. right, so you just kind of live in that direction. So, obviously, let me start trying to circle around. Okay. Obviously, premillennialism is much more complicated than the other two, hmm. and the reason it's more complicated than the other two is because um, there's a ton of events in this, and premillennialism is basically taking Revelation 19 and Revelation 20. There's others. I'm not saying they're not, but right. those two, and and looking at them in as in a chronological order that yep. they're happening in the scripture and literally, okay. right? So they're yeah. literally going to go down and they're going to happen in this order, yeah. right? Which makes the this particular view much more complex because yeah. you've got each one of these and they're going to happen and they're going to happen in this order like it says. And so then we mm-hmm. got to understand each piece and how it makes this one happen and all these things. Right. The, the other two, for example, are saying to you that, that this rain – is already going on, right. right? And so it's it's part of him building his kingdom, like he referred to in the kingdom of God, and part of it not. And then you know what I mean, like it's yeah. it's less complex. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's sort of the views. But yes, as of many things, as like like many of these things that we've talked about theologically, um, it's probably somewhere in between all that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not it's probably all somewhere the way this or all the way that. Yeah. So instead of becoming a millennialism believer, whatever you say that, <laughs> and then a post-millennialist, there we go, or a pre-millennialist, why don't we become pan-millennialists, right? <laughs> it's a hard word. And, and it is a hard word. Pan-millennialists. <laughs> yeah. Which means, how about you know Jesus, and then it's all going to pan out in the end. Right. right? You know what I mean? Like, it's all going to come out. Yeah. One way or another, it's going down. I'm not telling you not to look at it or not study it. I'm yeah. just saying that instead of getting so caught up in this is exactly how it's going to go down, right. which is so rigid and so arrogant. Yeah. So rigid and so arrogant. There are some things in the Christian faith that you can do that with. Mm-hmm. There are some things. You can stand on the fact 
that Jesus Christ says he's it. Right. He's your only shot, your only chance, the only way you can stand on it. Right. You can stand on the fact that there is a judgment coming. Mm-hmm. We'll get to this a little bit in a minute. You can stand on the fact that there is a hell. Yeah. Right? I mean, you can stand on the fact of this is what a Christ follower is called to be. You can yep. stand on those things, right? And you can be like, this is it. This is the way. When it comes down to the exactly how the battle of Armageddon is going to go down and whether or not we're going to be raptured like this at this moment or whether the millennial reign is a thousand literal years or it's, you know, you don't know. You don't know fully, yeah. right? So don't be so dogmatic. Don't be so True. rigid and a jerk about it. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like, like. The, don't go there because it's sure. it, it's it's so it's probably in between some of that. And the yeah. bottom line at the end of the day is know Jesus and study the last the end times, the last mm-hmm. things. Study eschatology, read those pieces of scripture. Don't avoid them. Right. Read them right and study those things about them. And look at what people that have come before us have said about them for sure. But know that it's going to all work out in the end. If you know Jesus, because yep. the common thing of what we just said here was no matter how it all pans out, whether you walk through the tribulation or you don't walk through the tribulation, if you know Jesus in the end, you're going to be with Jesus. Yep. Right. You know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, it makes total sense. And I don't like I don't like to do that too often because I don't want I don't want us to just be a, a pass for us just to not do anything. Right. You know what I don't mean? want it to make you lazy about yeah. it. Yeah. Especially like about learning. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna learn that. It was even make. I know right. Jesus, so right. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. <laughs> so, in the end, in the end of all these things we've talked about, there is a judgment. Yeah. And so he's going to judge um, all unbelievers, fallen angels, and Satan. Then he's also going to judge, which some believe a separate judgment. He's going to judge believers, but when he judges believers, it's not going to be to determine eternal life. It's instead to evaluate works, and there's some sort of reward system, right? Yeah. There's some sort of way to reward these works. Me and Chloe were talking about this earlier, and I think it's a really <laughs> funny thing, and I want to bring it up. And I can't believe I never thought about this before, so I'm going to have to use it in some sermon sometime. Later, but. I mean, the reward thing, no clue, really, um, how it works out. But it's just fun to think of, because I'm like, we're going to be judged on our works, and then yeah. God's going to reward based on those things. I think what it's going to look like is for the most of it's going to look like we're at a Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. or an um, uh, arcade, right? Mm-hmm. You know those things where you play the little games and then you get, what do you get, Chloe? Tickets. Tickets, right? And the vast majority of us, like we got into arcade, we played the game, we mm-hmm. got the tickets. Vast majority of when we go turn in our tickets and get our rewards, we're going to get like three packs of Sprees and, and two Smarties and a Pixie Stick. <laughs> yeah. And one little plastic thing that you put down and you push it and it bounces, bounces up. Or one of them things you stick your fingers in and they get locked. Yeah, finger handcuffs, finger right? Like yeah. thumb handcuffs or whatever. <laughs> and that's going to be it. And then there's going to be a few people that they're going to roll up and uh, they're going to get the humongous stuffed animal on the wall or the iPad that's in the back of the thing or yep. whatever it is. And and we're all going to be like, yep, yep, you deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be thrilled, though, right. with our pixie sticks and with our uh, finger handcuffs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't, We're not going to be like we are at the arcade where we're like, that's all I get. I just came up here with 312 tickets and all I get is three sprees, you know. Right. <laughs> Does I anybody my eat life sprees anymore? <laughs> Does anybody eat sprees anymore? Does that can't even exist? They, they do still have them. I actually saw them the other day. Good, because I, I thought, you know, man, I'm about to date myself. <laughs> no. 
with what can I mean? Anyway, regardless, there's this judgment in the Mm -hmm. end. And um, most of the various stances on eschatology believe that the judgment happens just before the final state. It's pretty much pretty much understood, right? Mm -hmm. That Jesus is going to return. There's going to be some things that are going to happen pre and post or whatever. We don't know, And, and we all have ideas. And then there's going to be a judgment. And then when the judgment's over with, there's going to be an eternal state of things, right? And so yeah. when we talk about the eternal state, we're not going to get into a bunch of detail on it right now. Maybe we will later in the podcast. Um, there's two eternal states in the end. And this is virtually universal in biblical theology. Yeah. There is the place for the condemned, and there is the place for the redeemed, mm. right? We may differ in what we think those look like completely entire, entirely, but... There's a place for the condemned, um, those that have rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then there is a place for the redeemed, those that have accepted Jesus, yep. those that have, you know, believers and unbelievers, whatever word you want to use. Um, I, don't like as, I don't like as often to use the phrase believers and unbelievers because I think there's more to following Jesus and just believing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because um, a lot of people can believe in God, but that doesn't mean like, yeah, and, I believe in God. And we use that term that way. I mean, of course, yeah. when we're saying that about Jesus, we don't mean it that way. Right, right, right. But, but still. But I mean, you know, those, I like, the way I like to think about it, the way I like for it to, to give me the weight, you know, especially in my own walk with Jesus, is that those that have submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, I've said this a lot recently, mm-hmm. Or those who have not submitted to the lordship of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the difference maker for me. Yeah. And in the end, post judgment, which we didn't talk about that a lot, post judgment, two eternal states, yeah. and that would be the state of the end things would end in the eternal state. But because they're ending in an eternal state, they never end. Right. Does that's that what make I, was, sense? That I yeah. knew where you were going with right. that. It's yeah. like he's going to say the ending never really right. ends. But all those – the eschatology is all those events that lead yeah. up to the eternal state yeah. or to eternity, right? right. Yeah. So wow. if, you want to, if you want to read Scripture specifically refer, referring to the end times, there's a lot that you can do. Um, you, can, you can look at how – you can look at it with, re, with regard to Israel. We didn't go into this today. I just didn't have time. Right. Um, Jeremiah 31, Daniel chapter 9. Um, you can look at to all the, the unbelievers. Yeah. Um, Revelation 4 through 19, 20, several verses in verse 20. You can look at it in, as regard to the church, so the end times with regard to the people of God, those that have submitted to the lordship of Jesus. Um, in John 14, Jesus talks about it. First Thessalonians 4, you were referencing that earlier today. Um, yep. You can look at it in regard to Christ and his kingdom, what his kingdom is going to look like. Second Samuel 7, Revelation 20 through 22. You can look at it and refer to, like, what about Satan and his judgment? Mm-hmm. Uh, Revelation 20 again, or the renewing of all things. This, this going into the eternal state and then all these things being perfected, and that's the end of Revelation, Revelation 21, mm-hmm. 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's lots to study. And there's a lot out there, so be careful. Yeah. Who who crazy you listen to? Yes. You know. Um, Careful who you trust with all that. And we just we this was broad broad strokes here. Yeah. Right. Broad strokes. But it's to help get you started. It's not to tell you what to believe. It's to help get you started on you yeah. learning and figuring out what you believe about it. And this is this is one of those where I mean, of course, God can speak to you, 
and he can say, hey, this is what this scripture means. Mm-hmm. He can literally he, he can do that and tell you exactly what it is. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm that that God can't look at you and go, you know, this is what it's going the rapture and it's going to happen here. I mean, right. you know, not necessarily time. Right. The Bible talks about nobody knowing the time or place. Right, that right, it's right. imminent, but you have no idea. But this is like the timeline of yeah, it. Like, yeah, like this idea of yeah. pre or post trib. You're yes. like, you know, sure God can tell you that. But for the most right. part, all this here, we are we're gathering, we're studying. And we're guessing right. based on that, you know, yeah. we're theorizing um, and we're building this base here. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, so in eschatology to me is let's I'll end with this. This was not fun to me when I was younger. I did not want to talk about this. Hmm. I did not like it. It scared me. It freaked me out. I thought it didn't pertain to me because I was like. Well, I that's later on. You know what I mean? Like, right. and and whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. So I'm gonna focus on my my walk with Jesus here right now. Right. And I just would avoid it at all cost. The the more mature I get in the faith, the older I get. Period. Mm-hmm. Physically older. Um, and the more I feel the Spirit leading me. You know, like the 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 fruits of the Spirit coming out of my life. The more mm-hmm. I see the Spirit leading me, the more I'm drawn to this. Right. Um, and not in a Bible nerd way. Like normally what you think of, I'm drawn to this as I study, I'm like, oh, this is cool. You know, these little details. No, 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 no. There's something soul. There's something dragging my soul to, yeah. to be more into it. Um, but I wasn't into it for a long time. Right. I, I just would avoid it at all cost. Right. Um, it's just, I don't know. Part of it just didn't even seem like it. What difference does it make? Right. You know, is what it felt like. And it was scary. Yeah. But now there's something that my soul gets drawn to. What would it be like in the end? And I and I hope and I I really do pray that what that is is what we talked about at the very beginning. Where is the believer's hope? Mm-hmm. Right. The believer's hope is in Jesus, but specifically in Jesus returning, yeah. making all things new. And I and if that's if that's if that's where our hope is, then we should be drawn to that. There's something mm-hmm. that's drawing us to that moment, yeah. right? of seeing him, of being with him forever, of face-to-face, of everything, of the reckoning that's going to happen, even the reckoning of me, right, the reckoning of it all, everything that's going to go down. There's something in our soul that's going to drag us to want that to want that moment because that's yeah. our final home, yeah. right? Like we, we are in a – our Christian faith, our, our, you know, it's a state of it's already but not yet. All at the same time, yeah. right? And so that not yet peace should be wanting to for us to for that moment to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you'll allow that to drag you to it, yeah. if you'll allow that to pull you to it, then maybe the end time stuff is not as scary and it's not as daunting, yeah. um, and it was more interesting um, because there's a there's a there's a hope that's there and there's a future that's coming. That yeah. making sense? Absolutely. And we as Christians, I think, need every opportunity to look towards the future of what God is going to do and the culmination of Jesus Christ's kingdom. We need every excuse we can to look at that because yeah. we got, we got every other excuse in the world to stare at today, you yeah. know, and yesterday. I mean, how much do we as people and Christians stare at the past and then also stare at the present and then kind of dip our toe into next week? Right. Or next month, or maybe 10 years out, you know, maybe you're that person with the 10-year plan, right? 
Or even as humans, we dip our toe into into retirement and into where I want to be when I'm older. Right. But we probably need to dip our toe into eternity. You know what I mean? And start thinking about that. I mean, we spend our whole life planning for 83 years, you know? When eternity is just this massive thing, and so the Christian, the Christian heart's got to be drawn to this eternal resting, this eternal right. paradise, this eternal peace, um, r- full unity with right. Jesus. You know, right. so I went off on a tangent. To wrap no, that, so. that was good. That was a great ending. Wow. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on the Messy Walk Podcast. Thanks for tuning in for this last episode of the series on theology. Tell them where we're going next, Chloe. Where are we going next? I know. Just tell <laughs> where are we going? I don't know exactly. where we're going next. We have no oh. idea where we're going next. <laughs> like, See, she I was, was like, supposed to be forget? honest just now. We have no idea what we're doing next, so we don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. kind of nervous. I was that. like, wait, did he tell me what to say before this? <laughs> no. Nope. I didn't pay attention to him. I want everybody to see that the Messy Walk podcast is not just a title. It is right. messy. It is a lifestyle. And we are walking. We don't have any idea where we're going next. <laughs> but we're going to find out. And you'll find out with us. The room that we're in right now was covered in water yesterday. Yes. I'm literally, I'm serious. It was flooded. But you're in here now. Right. Everything's good. We have no idea what's going to happen right. next. None of our equipment was damaged. Nope. We have no idea um, what we're going to do on the podcast next. Right. So we're still processing through that. Yes. So. so stay tuned. We'll be back next week with another episode. Be sure to keep up with us on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and we'll be back next week with a new series that we have no idea what it's going to be. Nope. No clue. Uh, Have a great week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.